Let us pray together with bowed heads. I surrender all, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to him I freely give, I will ever love and trust him in his presence, daily live, all to Jesus, I surrender. Humbly at his feet I bow, worldly pleasures all forsaken, take, in, take me Jesus, take me now, I surrender all. I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Amen. Amen. Well, maybe I'm a little bit early, but uh, I love the holiday season, and so happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Um, I also have to begin with words of apology on this morning for uh, First United Methodist staff has worked so hard on this week preparing the slides and the programs that you have there in your hands, but they made a huge mistake regarding the speaker today. Um, the name on the program isn't quite accurate because my name isn't Jason Copes. And I don't want to complicate this too much, but... Uh, I'll just stick with what the scripture today calls me in Exodus chapter 3. Let's read Exodus chapter 3 together. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, yet it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why doesn't the bush burn up? And when the Lord saw that he had come over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, hear I am. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And so, I don't have a first or a last name. My name is Bush. Today you can call me Reverend Bush because I'm here to give you lessons on being thankful. And so, before you get uncomfortable with my being here today, I want to remind you that God can do anything and use anybody. Therefore, inspiration can come from inanimate objects. And so, although I may be a bush like yourself, I still have questions. And what I need you to know about me as a bush is that I have never sinned. I've never committed any iniquity as a bush. I've never hurled any obscenities. I've never said anything wrong. I've never sinned as a bush. I'm, I am an inanimate object. I've never done anybody wrong, never made fun of the other kids on the playground, never teased or, or, or talked down on anybody. And, and so I, I, I've never sinned. I, I'm just, I am a bush. And, and, and although I may be different from you, we do share some similarities. The main one being that we share the same creator. 
And like you, I have periodic misunderstandings with our shared creator. Theologians would categorize my, my concerns as theodicy questions. Why do bad things happen to good bushes? Some things about our God I just don't quite understand. And so I want to share my experiences and wisdom with you today so that maybe you will catch my drift. Um, lesson number one. Lesson number one. God will plant you in undesirable places. Not only do I have theodicy questions, but I often wonder where would I have chosen to be planted if God would have let me make some recommendations. The Garden of Eden would have been a great place to be planted. Always 78 degrees and, and in close proximity to the Euphrates and Tigris rivers. I would have loved it there. I mean, he planted the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden, and we all know how that ended. I mean, just think about it. If God had planted me there in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve would have never committed sin against God. But he didn't plant me in the Garden of Eden. The land of Canaan would have been a good place as well. I mean, that land that God promised Abraham and Scripture mentions flows with milk and honey. Wow. Canaan would have been a great place to be planted. What about Rome, the first century darling of the human race, the place where Virgil and, and Cicero played, the citadel of the, of the Caesars? That was a great place where I would have loved to have been planted. What about Aruba, a topical Caribbean uh, uh, vacation spot? What about the Bahamas? We could've, I could have just been sitting there planted, and you all could have came and just hung out under my shade. Wow. And maybe even regardless of the current social tensions and the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, maybe he could have planted me in America. I could be sitting right out there outside the church, and you all could have came and said, oh, what beautiful tree we have here. What beautiful bush. But God didn't ask me where I wanted to be planted. When God got ready to plant me, he made the decision to put me in a place called Midian. So inconsequential was Midian that the, the definition of the word Midian, the Hebrew etymology, actually defines it as a place of strife, a place of anguish, a place of nothingness. Why? Why, God? Why? Why does God plant plants and people in places of strife? Why does God plant us in places of nothingness? And what do you do when your roots have been placed in a place, in a circumstance, in a nation or a world that you do not want to be in? And you don't have the ability to remove yourself from it or take a reprieve from it. Have, have any of you ever been planted in a place or somewhere you didn't want to be? Like Midian? I can look at your faces and tell by your silence that many of you are trying to block Reverend Bush out this morning. 
Have you ever been somewhere you didn't want to be? And the reality is that all of us have experienced a Midian. And although you don't want to be there, could it be that you're right in the place where God wants you to be? Mm. And so I've got good news for you this morning. God doesn't just plant you in places to, 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 see, to have a better view or to make the scene more spectacular and beautiful. The book of Jeremiah says this. God says this to Jeremiah. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you. I know the plans that I have for you. And then one day, when, when I was in Midian, minding my own bush business, out of nowhere, I started huh, smelling something. It was, it was a familiar smell. Y'all smell it? Those are leaves burning. That's the, you smell it? That's the, that's the smell of spontaneous combustion. Every day in Midian, as the sun, the king of the solar system, would rise in the east and set in the west because of the proximity and the closeness to the earth and the vegetation, the heat would become so intense that other bushes like me would experience, y'all smell it, spontaneous combustion and catch on fire. There were no buildings in proximity or fire departments or fire extinguishers or hydrants or water hoses. Y'all smell it? Because whenever bushes would catch on fire, within a few minutes, that bush would cease to exist. And prayerfully, no other bushes were near that bush because if another bush was close enough, they too would catch on fire. And typically, Within 24 to 36 hours in Midian, once a bush caught fire, it was gone. So it was common for bushes to catch on fire in Midian. It, it happened every day. And that day I smelled it. I knew it was, I was, it was pretty close because I started wondering, who is it going to be this time? Is it going to be Cousin Bush or maybe Uncle Bush or Sister or, or Brother Bush? Y'all smell it yet? I had no idea until I began to feel the Fahrenheit of the flames. This time, it wasn't Cousin Bush, it wasn't Uncle Bush, it wasn't Sister or Brother Bush, but this time, it was me. I thought I would have more time. I, I didn't get a chance to write out my Bush will or, or, or say my last goodbyes. I was amateurish and neophytish in my face, and this time, I knew it was me when I began to feel the heat, and I knew that at any moment, the other bushes would all put on their black, and, and then the bush undertaker would come and take me to my bush cemetery. If God had given me feet, I could have run from the fire. If God had not affixed my roots in Midian, I could have just slid over and thereby avoided the fire. But I could not avoid the fire. The fire came exactly to the place where God planted me. And I caught on fire. 
I'm in a place I don't want to be, and there's nothing I can do about it. But you know what happened? After 24 to 36 hours, I began looking at my leaves, and I thought they would be scorched and torched by then. But guess what? They were still evergreen. Lesson number two. Lesson number two. God will protect you from heat and destruction. The German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche said it like this, what does not kill me makes me stronger. You see, what killed other bushes has only made me stronger. And some of you can be thankful and you can join me in saying that today as well. What didn't kill you only made you stronger. Some of you you, if you were to be honest today, you look in the mirror and you shock yourself. You're surprised that you're strong enough to endure what you've been through. And you can be thankful today that you didn't wake up and put your shoes on your head and your socks on your hands. God will, he will protect you. God will plant you in the midst of heat and still protect you. And guess what? This reminds me of another inanimate object friend that I have. A man one day, he was going on a business trip, and when he got to his hotel, he took his clothes out of his luggage and set his ironing board up, and he put his shirt and his ironing board up and plugged his um, iron in, and he began to iron his shirt. And as he was ironing, y'all not going to believe this. You're not going to believe it. He's ironing his shirt, and as he's ironing his shirt, the shirt begins to talk to the man. The shirt said to the man, man, are you trying to burn me? And the man kept ironing, and he said, no, shirt, I'm not trying to burn you. I'm just trying to make you better because you have to go somewhere. But you can't go looking like this because you have too many wrinkles on you. So I have to put some heat on you and get those wrinkles out. And the shirt said back to the man, how do you know you're not going to burn me? That iron is hot. And the man said, I love you so much. I bought you with a price. And because I bought you with a price, I'm never going to let anything harm you because I paid for you. And the shirt said, that iron is hot and about to destroy me. And the man said, listen, before I begin to earn you, iron you. I looked at your tag and label. And because I knew that you were a cotton shirt, I preset the temperature on a heat that I knew you could handle. Is there anybody in here today thankful that God knew what you could handle? Is there anybody in here today who is thankful for God protecting you? And so there I was. I caught on fire. I wish I had been warned so I could get my mind together. But guess what? That's not how God works. You don't always see when the fire is coming. And being on fire left me with questions on my mind. Why am I still evergreen? I could still smell the spontaneous combustion of the fire, but nothing had changed. And all of a sudden, from my bush sight, not my human sight, my bush sight, I looked up and I seen someone who, who I see all the time. He had been out here for 
some time now, and he had been out here so long, as a matter of fact, that his skin had been darkened by the king of the solar system, and, and he had a long white beard, and word on the Bush Network was that his name was Moses. He worked for this man named Jethro as keeper of his sheep, and on this day, he walked right by me, and it all began to make sense. I had been planted in a place I didn't want to be. I had been protected from burning flames. All of a sudden, something else happened that had never happened before. Y'all are not going to believe it. And as a matter of fact, it's the reason I'm able to preach to you today. Out of nowhere, I got bush vocality. Out of nowhere, I got bush vocal cords. And now me just a bush. I, I got human and anthropomorphic qualities. A sound came out of me. Y'all want to know what it sounded like? It sounded like this, Moses, Moses. And it all made sense now. Lesson number three, God will purpose you for the fire. God will purpose you for the fire. If I had not been planted in Midian, if I had not been protected from the fire, I would have not been able to fulfill my purpose. But now, because as a bush I've been through something, I qualify to say something. And many of you have been through things, situations, circumstances, millions in your life. And because you know that God will plant you and that God will protect you and that God has a purpose for you, you can now be thankful because he brought you out of it. Guess what? I'm there now. And Moses started coming towards me as I called his name. And, and it wasn't even me talking. I, I didn't even know how to make the Hebrew phonetic sounds coming out of my bush mouth. And then Moses started talking back to me. Guess what he said? Here I am. And when I heard Moses say these words, here I am, it all came together. I had been planted in a place I didn't want to be in, protected from a fire that I could still feel because I was purposed to tell Moses, go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Here, hearing Moses say these words, here I am, made me realize something, that, that, that when we make ourselves available to God, he becomes our reason to be thankful. When you make yourself available to God, God becomes your reason to be thankful, and you don't have to worry about what's going on around you. You don't worry, have to worry about what the news stations and the media stations are saying because God is your strength. God is your redeemer. God is your protector. God will give you what you need to be thankful. I'm so glad today that Roger and Jason let me have this opportunity to preach to you today. I was worried y'all would not understand my bush or tree language. As a matter of fact, I learned 
I realized that when I was watching those Marvel superhero movies y'all humans like. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The Avengers. And while I was watching those, there was, there was um, one of my cousins. He, he kept talking, and y'all didn't understand what he was saying. All, all y'all kept hearing was, I am grouped. I didn't want y'all to just only hear, I am Bush. And so as I was on Google, um, y'all know what Google is? It's pretty cool. Um, I was on Google learning English. I ran across a, a, a poem by Joyce Kilmer titled Trees. And maybe his poem says it better than I preach it. Listen to these words. I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. A tree whose hungry mouth is pressed against the earth's sweet flowing breast. A tree that looks at God all day and lifts her leafy arms to pray. A tree that, uh, that may in summer wear a nest of robins in her hair, upon whose bosom, bosom snow has lain, who intimately lives with rain. Poems are made by fools like me. But only God can make a tree. I wanted to tell you today that no matter what's going on in the world around you, God is still your reason to be thankful in this season. Only God can plant you. Only God can protect you. Only God can purpose you. Only God can make a bush. Only God can make a tree. Only God can make you. God is our reason to be thankful. Is there anybody in here thankful today? Can we bow our heads in prayer? In the words of Moses, God, here I am. I surrender all, all to Jesus I surrender. Make me Savior, holy thine. May thy Holy Spirit fill me. May I know thy power divine. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all.